Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. You're cleared to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, David Prey, and today we have Jake Ingledew, who is a veteran of the only branch of the military more tough than the Marine Corps, <laughs> the Air Force. Thanks, man. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> Jake's a friend. We uh, we met, uh, I don't know, more underground than anywhere I think I've ever met anyone else in uh, Hughes Missile Silo, his yeah. uh, not-rapey Airbnb, which <laughs> actually has water now. It didn't when we first met, um, and it has a toilet, so it's basically a house. It's great. Yeah, it was cool, man. I'm excited to do this podcast with you. I've been wanting to do this with you, so uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is the first in-person recording of this show with real microphones. Oh, I, I popped the cherry, huh? Yeah, well, because you brought your own badass setup. I've been <laughs> I've been thinking about buying a setup like this, so for anyone listening to the show, and, and yes, I know there's no video because, uh, well, because Jake has two Shure SM7B microphones, which is what I use to record the show, uh, but he has the in-person setup, which I love because it's way more fun to do in-person recordings, and so uh, we're sitting in my office hanging out in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and... Uh, yeah. So Jake, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your background? Yeah. So uh, obviously I'm a, a veteran to the most elite branch in the military. Uh. <laughs> and he had the coolest job ever. He was the guy who stood at the gate and made sure you were safe. So I did security forces in the Air Force. And it's like it's like the job that people that aren't smart enough in the Air Force get washed out to go to. He, so. he saluted the wives of officers <laughs> all day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no. So yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I'm a veteran. I uh, did, you know, one tour over in Afghanistan and whatnot. Um, I, I own a pest control business. I'm the host of the Growth Circle podcast, the number one podcast in Springfield, Missouri. Ooh. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying that because you're the other podcast. <laughs> I mean, there's only, the there's only, only two of us. The only one in Springfield that records. Oh, wait, wait. Person. I'm, I'm supposed to say I'm the number one self-help podcast in Springfield, Missouri, because I'm probably the only one. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm the host of the Growth Circle podcast. Um, I've got a pest control business. I got a lawn mowing business and um, I am a real estate investor. Speaking of, I uh, heard that you might be controlling some pests in my hotel soon at a really good discount. Uh, I would not even know. Because uh, my office people handle all that. So I have no idea. I, don't have, I have no idea who I'm in business with. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's really nice, actually. And I'm going to tell them that you said that we could get an even bigger discount. So, yeah, Jake and said that. Jake said 50% off whatever <laughs> price you gave us, which was already the homie discount. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I'm losing money. <laughs> <laughs> One cent a roach. <clears throat> I don't know what a normal roach killing. What is a normal roach killing cost? Oh, dude, it uh, it depends. <laughs> How do you get into pest control? Like, what? Why pest control? Because it's sexy, dude. Everybody wants to be in pest control. No, this is this is yes. how I got into pest control, man. So, originally, I was going to school to be a dentist. Uh, yeah, obvious 
they go Which hand in hand yeah. perfectly hand in hand yeah. no i was like dude i don't want to be a dentist like this sucks that you can't even talk to the people don't even talk back to you when you're in you know in their mouth <laughs> but uh <laughs> anyways so like wh- how it happened was uh oh, this like pretty much i was doing door-to-door pest control sales while i was going to school and my first summer i made like 50 grand and that's a lot of money for a college student and I was like, holy crap. And I had friends making six figures. And um, uh, and if people follow YouTube, Chandler David Smith, he was my boss. He's like a big YouTube star. Uh, he's like a multi, multi-millionaire. He's got a ton of real estate. He's got an 18,000 square foot house. Like he's straight killing it. I worked under his team and learned sales and did door-to-door sales. So I did that for a little bit, made some money. And I was like, dude, you know what? Why am I making money for somebody else when I could be making money for my, myself? And so... Ended up starting a pest control business, uh, which is funny because every salesman thinks because they know how to sell the thing, they can start a business. Mm. So it's been a huge learning curve, uh, you know, just trying to <laughs> figure out how to create systems, the operation side of stuff. Um, but it's it's been great. So I've got my pest control business that's been able to basically uh, not only run the day-to-day operations, but grow while I'm able to still go on vacation. Um, so we're it, it's pretty cool that that I have that now. Not that we're, you know, super wealthy or anything, but I'm able to have time. Yeah. When he says vacation, he means sleeping on the floor (laughs) of the hotel room between Hugh and I, because we rented a hotel and Jake was like, can I just sleep on the floor next to you guys? Cause, uh, pest control. This is how, so it's, (laughs) it's funny, dude. Like, uh, my net worth right on paper. I, I'm a millionaire. I'm poor as shiz. So I'm like, Hey, can I, Hey, yo, Dave and uh, Hugh, I know you guys have already rented a room and split it, but dude, like if you, you be willing to like split it three ways, so it's cheaper for me. Can I sleep on the floor? <laughs> it sucked. <You> know? <laughs> no, it was good. It was a good time. We went yeah. to the bigger pockets conference and if uh, I didn't have a fucking CPAP on my face, I would have been fine with like <laughs> sharing a bed. But the, the, now that I'm like Darth Vader and I get tangled up in this freaking thing, I'm still trying to figure out how to. I don't even, <laughs> half the time I don't even sleep next to my wife because I'm like, I'm, babe, I'm trying not to strangle myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't figured it out yet. I sleep better, but, you know, anyway, it's a mess. Oh, man. So door-to-door sales, that's, yeah. uh, was that in, that wasn't in around Missouri, was it? No, it was I did it every year in Houston. Houston. Well, I did one summer in, in Missouri here in Springfield, but uh, I did two other summers in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Door-to-door is no joke. No, it's it's a tough job. It's a, it's a mentally tough job, and it's actually one of my biggest life regrets, and, and I'll tell you why. Cause, so the first summer, I, I'm one of those people, I like, sales just came naturally. I Dude, I sold 250 accounts, which is a lot, a, a, a pretty good in, in the door-to-door world, and, you know, made $50,000, but I, like, only worked, like, half the time. Like, everybody else was still out knocking, I was, like, playing, mm. and I still sold more than a lot of people on my team. Mm. So I kind of had this cocky arrogance of like, dude, I'm good at this. Like, you know, whatever. It doesn't take much effort. <clears throat> uh, my last summer door to door, I was the first one to sell a hundred accounts. Uh, even of people that like made way more money than me. Yeah. Uh, I was like one of the first people sold a hundred accounts. And I was like, dude, I'm, this sucks. I don't like this. Um, I hate it actually, even though I'm pretty decent at it. And, um, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And I kind of went through this whole like depression epiphany thing. And, and it's my biggest life regret. Cause I wish I would have stuck it out because I would have made a shiz ton of money because I had a lot of people underneath me. I would have made a lot of money. Um, but I just kind of gave up and was like, I don't, I'm, I thought I was motivated by money. 
but then I came to realize I was more motivated by time. Mm. And then that's what got me thinking about a business more and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, yeah, I want time. I want to win my time back. Let's start a business. And that's kind of how I led into real estate investing business and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny too, because you know, you've, a lot of things change through the investor journey, right? Like, um, <laughs> You know, especially like in, in the in the war room, right? In the mastermind, I see pe- people are always like, oh, why don't you organize the small groups by niche? And it's like, well, because none of you guys know what niche you're going to be in in three months, right? Like, I'm a wholesaler. Now I'm a flipper. Now I'm a bird. Now I'm a buy and hold. Now I'm sick of that. So I'm a multifamily, multi- mobile home, RV park, luxury Airbnb investor who's got an airplane now and I'm <laughs> buying, you know, it's, oh my God, I'm flipping RVs and now I'm flipping Ferraris. It's, it's oh my, but, but outside of even the investor perspective, it's like we go through phase of, you know, you, you're in the grind and your health slides and then you, you let off the pedal to get your health right. And you, it, it's like all these, this, this ebb and flow of, it, it's not like there's ever really a, a balance. It's like, you're all in on this. And then you're like, Oh shit, I forgot that. And you go all in on the other thing. You're like, Oh shit, I forgot that. Yeah. You go back. Yeah. And then, uh, you get to a point where my buddy, Brian Lubin, I was on his pot or he was on, on this podcast the other day. And, uh, you know, he, I think he coined the phrase, but I love it. Uh, he talks about passionate income. He's like, you get to a point where you're like, I don't like, I can make money doing all these different things, but I only want to make money doing things that actually make me happy at some point. It doesn't matter anymore. It's, yeah. it's all about the, the time and the fulfillment. And yeah. that's, you know, it, it's, it sounds arrogant to say it. Cause you're like, people are like, no, oh, it's, it's true though. It's, oh my goodness. There's like, yeah. there's a season to everything. Like, right. Cause like right now a lot of people are promoting, Oh, did you got to hustle and grind, hustle and grind? Yeah. There's a season for that. And then there's a season to where you're like, Oh, you know what? Money is not as important to me as I thought it was. What do I love to do? Or what, what is more important to me and stuff like that. And I like that you brought up balance because it's interesting. I think that a lot of people are like, oh, I need to live a more balanced life. Or there's there's that side of the coin, right? And then there's the other side of the coin where people are like, um, no, you're not balanced. You need to be fully focused on the one thing you sacrifice other things to because you, that's what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's wealth or, or you know your fitness or whatever. I like to think of balance as like if you think of the scale and like say you're on the scale, you're the physical person on the scale and you start focusing on wealth and you run over to that side and focus on wealth and it starts to tip. And just like you said, like, oh crap, oh, my family, I got to run back to that side. So it's like, it's like a balancing act and it's like a zigzag more than just like all in on one thing. It's like you have to kind of bounce back and forth. I, this is why I think a vision is so important. Because if you have a vision for your life uh, and, and multiple areas of your life, like your physical, your fi- financial, your wealth, your relationships, all that stuff, and you have this grand vision, but then you backtrack to what's one super small micro daily thing that I can do that will lead me to that vision, then you can do it. So for example, uh, I like to use spirituality as an example. Whether you're religious or not, say that spirituality is still important. What's one thing you can do daily that's super micro to help you work towards that vision. It might be just, I'm going to just sit still for five minutes or meditate for five minutes or whatever. And I think that's shrooms. how you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shrooms, <laughs> meth, amphetamine. No, no, just kidding. But, uh, it's, it's just the, it's the little things that you can, uh, that you can do that will lead to your success. And that's how you have true, in my mind, true quote unquote balance is you plan and time block yep. each thing 
an area of your life, including fun, which us as entrepreneurs, our entrepreneurs, as entrepreneurs, we don't do a lot and it's important. Yeah. It was, that was kind of my running joke all summer was I'm just trying to learn how to have fun again. Like <laughs> yeah. I forgot how to have fun. Yeah. Um, to the point where on Monday, if you hadn't backed out on me, I was planning on going downtown to the pub crawl dressed all slutty. I was going to wear a, combat boots and silkies and just be a hoe and is that when he got out of his 70 the 75 hard program and it could have a it could have a drink now the day day before yeah and uh but then he was uh i don't know i guess he had a really really rough day so he was like nah man i can't i can't justify going out tonight i was like ah well I'm, i'm probably a little too old to go downtown on my own <laughs> at a pub crawl full of college kids, uh, you know, oh. and just stand around as the weird old dude in silky. No, downtown. do it, dude. Like, it's one thing to be there with like another weird, cause he would have shown up in his American flag speedo and it would uh-huh. the two of us being oddball, slutty old men, like, you know, but it's like, I'm just trying to get, you know, like Hugh and I've gone, we went kayaking, uh, this summer and, um, you know, or float trips. Um, I did Peru, Machu Picchu, Colombia, mm-hmm. going to Guatemala next month. Like really trying to focus on trying to figure out like the having fun piece. Yeah. Um, because I, you're right. It's man. I mean, I haven't had a hobby in years. Um, one of the things I've really been trying to do lately is uh, I've, I've kind of stopped, not stopped, but uh, really dialed back audiobooks. I got so heavy into audiobooks. I mean, 40, 50, 60, 70 audiobooks a year, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. But so heavy into audiobooks and podcasts that I pretty much stopped listening to music. Yeah. And so I I got like so into personal development that I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's like, so lately I've been like, okay, um, most of my drives... I'm either on the phone with a friend or listening to music and just rocking out. Yeah. A CD, like an old school, like from high school. I found all my old like yeah. high school CDs. So I'm like high school CD that I enjoy. I love it. Dude. Just rocking <laughs> out. Uh, trying to just find. Trying to have more fun. Yeah. Hobbies and enjoyment and dancing and I don't know. I was talking about this with um, my co-host, um, Dane. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's new. That's new news. Dane Logan is the co-host to the Growth Circle podcast. I thought you were all about like growth. <laughs> you saying Dane can't help with growth? I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna tell Dane you said that. Actually, he'll given, probably listen given to this. Given the message that Dane had for me before the show, no. <laughs> Could you repeat that for the audience? Uh, he said, "Tell uh, Dave I said hi, and that uh, he's a dick." <laughs> Yeah, so. He didn't mean it. It was jokingly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, there might have been a little truth to it, but yeah. Uh, yeah so it, I mean, it, it was it was true. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. So him and tell, I tell were, Dane that the growth circle just lost a viewer. <laughs> Wait, you've been listening or viewing? I, I mean, I I won't be. No, not now. You for sure won't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> So well, yeah, so the uh, I was gonna be a guest. No, I'm just kidding. That's, hey, and all uh, all's fair in love and war, man. <laughs> oh, I love Dan. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, it's funny because him and I were just talking. Um, I think today, maybe actually. Um, it's it's interesting because when you we were talking about vision and how there's so many different things about how to create a vision, 
and there's differing opinions and stuff. And you made me think of the audiobooks because when you take in all this information, you've got to like filter out what works for you. And sometimes you got to just stop and be still and like, well, what's important to me? Uh, and ask some of those thought provoking questions and become more aware with yourself because a lot of times the answers are already there. We just have to bring them out. And that's what I love about a vision is, is like, if you learn how to do it, you can draw it out of you so that you can be true to yourself and stop living somebody else's vision. Stop living what a book is telling you, which doesn't align with what you truly want in life. I don't know. You just kind of made me think of that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, now you got to tell the audience how to create a vision because, uh, if it you sounds great, but yeah, it is not as easy as you know, it's think definitely to not create that shit. And if you want to create a vision, go to the growth circle podcast, episode number 46, where we talk about how to discover your vision and how to create one and, and execute on it. And uh, hopefully that will be helpful, but I can give a kind of a brief summary. There you go. First of all, I think it's important to know like what, a, what is a vision? Yeah. A vision is uh, a declaration of something that you're trying to be or become. It's, um, it's down the road, right? You know, it's not, it's, it's almost like a roadmap. And then a mission is how to accomplish that vision. So you, to, in order to figure out what your vision is, is you got to, first of all, you've got to ask yourself some thought provoking questions like, how do I want to be remembered? What do I want to be remembered for? How do I want other people to feel when they're around me or with me? Um, a lot of those type of questions. Yeah. <laughs> And then if that's your vision, then you need to be a gigolo. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> I want them all to be erect. Exactly. So if that's your vision, man, if that's your vision, dude, you are doing the wrong thing. You need to get out of real estate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got to, you got to ask those Time questions, man. Polls. <laughs> you got to ask, you got to ask those questions. You got to stop and be quiet and get out all the distractions and noise to just be with yourself and your thoughts to kind of figure out what you truly want and even write stuff down. Like, what do you want out of life? What do you, uh, what materialistic things do you want? Uh, what relationships do you want to have? Uh, who, who is somebody you admire and why, what qualities and characteristics do they have that cause you to admire them and write those down. And then you can kind of start formulating like, Oh shoot, this is what I'm about. Figure out what your gifts are. Talk to friends and family and say, Hey, like, what do you think are like my talents, my strengths, you know, and, and take that feedback it's going to help you figure out what your, what your vision is. And then basically you just got to, you know, write it out in a declarative, declarative way. And you've got to review it often. What I love about a vision is like, dude, because of my vision right now, it was hard for me to get up in the mornings to go do things and get up early. But now because of my vision and it's constantly on my mind and at the forefront of my mind, dude, I like jump out of bed and I'm excited to take on the day. Um, and I don't think a lot of people have that. And a lot of times it's just cause they don't have a vision. So get a vision. Yep. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, you gotta chase the excitement. And yeah. so it's, it's finding that thing that I've, I've been joking, but it, I've been joking about it, but you know, since I'm, since I'm being vulgar, it's funny, you know, I, I really need to figure out a way it's hard with Alex, the, the co-host of the show who's, who's ironically and he's in Colombia, Cartagena right now. So obviously that's why we're must more, be nice. Yeah, must that's be, that's must why nice. he's not reporting with us right now. <laughs> um, but it's hard with him obviously living in a different state, but if that wasn't the case and we could record in person, uh, I like it because I think it, it allows me to be truer to myself, right? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit more vulgar perhaps, which is whatever. But, um, you know, I've been, I've been joking with people when I've been talking about this vision thing. Um, it, it, what I'm, it's like, 
the way that I've been describing it is like trying to find that thing that gets you hard in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's the, what's the old adage, like the sports car thing where it's like, uh, you know, for sports car enthusiasts, it's like, man, I want a car that when I get up in the morning and I turn it on, it returns the favor. <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, and, and it's, I've been wrestling with it because yeah. like, you know, the military millionaire brand, it grew so fast and I never had a, I never had any idea mm-hmm. what it was going to be. It was never planned or anticipated to be any of whatever. Um, it just, it, it just kind of, it became, became, yeah. And which is great. And mm-hmm. I love it, but I've been really wrestling lately with like what the vision is because people keep asking like, what's next? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, great. I'm financially free. Yeah. And I'm a quote unquote millionaire and I could probably get away with not working and whatever. Yeah. Um, I've got a wife and I've got uh, kids and I've got a dog and you know, whatever. <laughs> no, the American dream, dude. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been trying to figure that out and it's a lot harder than you think to flesh out the, like what that looks like. I mean, so far I've got it narrowed down to like Ferrari and <laughs> travel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and friends and adventures and I've got some bucket list items and whatever and giving back and, you know, but as far as like what the community looks like and what the business side and cause I'm never going to stop working, but, uh, so I've got some things in the works now that I think are going to really help. But, uh, even, you know, I've been sitting and thinking for a lot lately and it's, it's just, it's hard to flesh that out. Um, super hard. And, and the problem is that, you know, you're, I think similar to me where it's, it just changes all the fucking time. <laughs> it, and it does. And that's okay too. Cause like, as we like learn and grow, like a vision, a vision is not supposed to be a set and stone stone thing. It's supposed to be malleable. It's supposed to like Bruce Lee's favorite quote, like famous quote, like be like water, you know, yeah. because dude, it, it moves, it changes, you know? Um, I, I, it's okay if it changes, but a lot of times if you like really sit down and, and set aside the time to really think about it, a lot of it kind of almost does become set in stone because it's being true to who you are. The problem that you and I have is we're entrepreneurs and we got entrepreneurial ADD and we're like, Ooh, shiny object. Ooh, this, Ooh, chasing wealth. Ooh, this project. Ooh, this would be cool. And then like, we're, we're like, is any of that really what we want? Are we living? Here's an example, dude. Like when I was, uh, I started like supercharging with real estate. Like I started buying super fast, way faster than I had ever, because I seen these young kids that I became friends with that were in my circle that are doing high volume so fast on all these single family homes. And so I was like, Oh, I want to play keeping up with them. I was living their vision, dude. It wasn't my vision and it caused a lot of stress and headaches. And then I'm like, why am I dinking with these single family homes mm-hmm. on the North side of Springfield? You know, and you know what I'm talking about, these cracked out houses, uh, which is a great way to build your wealth when you're getting started. But is that <laughs> what I want? So I like, I had to redefine my, my criteria for real estate investing. And one of them now, and I'm the only one that can measure this because it's not an actual measurable thing is, is am I proud to own it? Mm. That's like a criteria for me now. It's like, am I proud to own it? If I look at that, I'm like, what the hell is that thing? I don't want to own that thing. <laughs> but if I'm like, yeah, that'd be sweet to own. Okay. That might, okay. That meets that one criteria, but what what about all the other ones? You know? So it's funny you say that. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm in the, I'm, I just sold a fourplex yesterday and, uh, I think I'm about to go under contract to sell the first property I ever bought. Um, 
by if I sell that one, then I will no longer own anything under 10 units that is has not been renovated in the last two years. That's awesome. Um, now, granted, those ones that have been renovated in the last two years are still somewhat crummy areas or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but they they're newly renovated. They're you know whatever. Yeah. Um, and they all have high loan to value refis because yeah. they're burrs, so I can't really get out from under them yet. Uh, but because of that, right? I didn't have a lot of income, so I did the high leverage, get into real estate. It worked, but now they're headaches, and so I'm trying to move my portfolio to either much more high-end neighborhoods or much larger assets right. or like LP position yeah. passive investing. Or I'm really trying to flesh out the idea of getting into development for the exact same reason you were talking about because I'm like, I'm never going to drive through Springfield and or anywhere and look at crack houses and be like, hey, Jackson, I own that. <laughs> Like he's never gonna be like, wow, dad. Yeah, that's so look cool. Look at that crack house. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> but I would love someday mm-hmm. to point at like the newest tower on the sky rise. Yeah. That I can see from my farm and be like, that's yours. That says Trump. I mean, uh, Dave Perret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I don't know. I don't know what the what the future holds, but it's definitely either bigger projects or completely hands-off passive investments. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier. There's a season for everything. There's a season to where you just need to build your wealth, and, and sometimes that vehicle is the crack houses, right? Yep. Uh, but then you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, that's helped me to where I'm in it now. What do I need to do uh, going forward? And it's okay if things change and transition and you go from single-family homes to – or for maybe even flipping homes to buy and hold to midterm rentals to, you know, whatever it's, we all do it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It changes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, so what's next? What else are you working on? Right now, podcast, we got crack houses. We got non crack houses. (laughs) Yeah. We got roaches that we don't even know if we're killing or not because we don't know what our team's. Well, they're, they're, uh, we only kill the German roaches, not the American ones, because oh. we are pro America. But uh, yeah. what about no. Russian roaches, uh, Ukraine roaches? They're just so easy to get rid of. It's not really a big deal. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like no. Um, what's next for me? Um, right now, uh, Hugh said something. Hugh Carnahan, the hillbilly manor, he said something that really kind of resonated with me. He said, "Mind your business." Um, and this was when we were in San Diego at the Bigger Pockets uh, conference. He wasn't saying anything profound. He was telling you to leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> but it, it struck me. No, 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 it's good. no. No, he was like, uh, yeah, mind your business. And then he like, you know, kind of elaborated. And he's like, you just need to focus on your business and what you got going on. So I've kind of reevaluated and I really am trying to focus on my pest control business. And I have a pretty grand vision for it and what I'm trying to achieve. And then, of course, I'm always going to actively invest. But I'm very more, I'm much more particular because I have a criteria now. Um, but my number one focus really right now is um, kind of my personal vision and what I'm wanting to accomplish, and that's to wield transformational uh, influence. I want to inspire other people or wield this transformational influence that other people, uh, for other people to learn and grow and to make changes in their life that will bring them more meaning, purpose, and fulfillment, and hopefully joy that will also inspire other people to do the same because they have changed their life. Uh, and, you know, I'm not no Tony Robbins or Ed Milet or all these grand people, but. On a small scale, I would like to at least do that. That's what I'm super passionate about. Um, so that's like my main focus right now. That's awesome. 
Yeah. I guess that involves the growth circle then. Yeah. And that's why I have the growth circle podcast. It's one of the vehicles for me to be able to do that. What other vehicles? What are you trying to work on with that? With, with the podcast. (laughs) So I need to create the systems. Yeah. Yeah, I need to create the systems to where I can take like right now we're doing this podcast, right? Why the heck am I not filming it? Mm. And then taking that video, putting it on YouTube and then splitting it up segments of it or whatever, and putting it on TikTok and Instagram and the stories and the reels and all this stuff so that I'm having a bigger audience. Cause right now my audience is, if you happen to hear this somehow, cause I'm on the military to millionaire podcast, you might go onto Spotify and listen to it. Or you might see it on my Facebook page. If you're my friend, like I'm not really super promoting it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like I need to reach more people. Um, yeah, it's a good call. And I got to have the systems to do it. Yeah. Repurposing is a big thing. Yeah. 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 And I'm second at it. And consistency. I'm consistent with the podcast, like doing weekly uh, podcast episodes. But as far as like the social media stuff, I'm not good at the date. Like you have to do it daily. Like yeah. TikTok, you have to do it daily. YouTube, you could probably get away with weekly, um, you know, um, Instagram daily, you know. And I, But I'm not doing those things because I haven't created the systems to do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. I, well, and. <clears throat> I'm hit or miss. I mean, it, I go through waves like in a perfect world, I would do three TikToks a day, mm-hmm. three Instagram posts a day, probably one post and one or two reels. And then, uh, some Facebook post engagements, a tweet or two. Do you feel I, like Twitter? I hated Twitter. Yeah. See, I haven't even touched it. it. Cause I, I'm like, I don't even know if Daddy, I like Twitter. Daddy Musk is back. So, um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I only ever, I've, I've hated Twitter for a long time. The only thing I've ever, ever, ever used Twitter for other than having it linked to automatically share, uh, like it's linked to like my blog podcast and YouTube mm-hmm. feed. So it just automatically share stuff other than the automated crap. Um, the only thing I've ever used Twitter for is to look at like trending stuff. If I'm bored, uh, to post things, to see if they gain traction Mm, sometimes like ideas. Uh, but usually the only thing I use Twitter for is if I'm trying to get a hold of a brand. Yeah. So like if I'm really pissed off at customer service, Uh uh, I learned a long time ago that you can email them and you can fill out their contact form and you can do everything else. You can Instagram and Facebook and whatever, but the moment you tweet that motherfucker, <laughs> you get a call. You get a call. <laughs> yeah. And it is, I mean, inevitable. Uh-huh. Like to the point where I had a night where I broke down in downtown San Diego and I spent like 17 hours in the freaking car waiting on a tow truck and just customer service and all these freak I mean nothing nobody like emails and customer service calls and hold and like everything uh-huh. and I tweeted at USAA blah 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 phone call like five minutes oh dude I know I'm gonna start using that yeah it's awesome amazing yeah um, but yeah I've started using Twitter a little bit more now just because I want to support the fact that they're really trying to be a little bit more free yeah um i don't know we'll see what happens with it uh who knows but um yeah in a perfect world it'd be like three vertical videos on tiktok instagram and youtube a day yeah Um, but it it just takes time yeah but the nice thing is with like 
TikTok makes it easy. You make one like actual video and then you make two that are like responding to comments. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Those are really easy. Yeah, those are easy. But it just takes. See, my problem is, is a lot of times why I don't do it is, it, and this is probably with most things, is like because there's a barrier to entry or, or it's something about it that's mundane or inconvenient that you don't want to do it. If I had the money to just hire somebody to follow me around with a camera and then like, dude, send this over to the Filipinos and they can do thumbnails and do all the stuff and upload it and all this. So all I have to do is run my mouth and be on camera. It'd be a lot easier. Yeah. It, I mean, that's definitely doable. Uh, and I mean, Hugh's got a guy. There, there's people who do it. There's entire teams. I'm, I'm actually thinking I'm a, probably about to try Hugh's team. I think it's like three grand a month. Um, I, I tried. So I, I hired a videographer who would come up once a month for like two days. It was like 22 grand a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was decent. He was good. Uh, I, I mean, he was, he was a good videographer. Um, he just... I need somebody who's capable of like the content planning side. Yeah. Cause I, I have a ton of ideas, but I want somebody who's able to go in and look at my competitors yeah. and do the, do the research and yeah. the analysis and, and say, Hey, you need to do this video. Yeah. Literally just say, and put it in your calendar. Yeah. So you don't even have to think about it. Sit then you show up and record X, Y, Z. Cause I'm yeah. really, really good at winging stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you said, Hey, make, 10 videos about this, 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 this. I could spend an hour and knock them all out. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. It's the same issue that I run into. And it's probably because you're a visionary. I'm a visionary. And we need, and we were kind of talking about this before we started the podcast, is like, we need an integrator. We need someone to execute on the thing that we want to achieve, yep. the vision, you know? Yep. And uh, man, they're hard to find. Or maybe I'm not looking good enough. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Well, and the problem with like videographers and creatives and stuff like that is, uh, they're either affordable <laughs> or they're really good. Yeah. Uh, there's not really an in between. Yeah. If they're really good, they're... they know it. Yeah. And you know the the people who are really affordable are trying to get experience because they're not really good yet. Exactly. And so like the best way probably to find the medium is through like college interns at yeah. you know like film director film school uh you go to like msu and you look for interns with like the local film you know degree or whatever but that's you know that's a temp that's not someone most likely who's going to be with you full time yeah um and they probably aren't the director type role so you're not you're probably not going to get the guy who knows what to tell you to do and you know um you're probably not going to get the guy who's like they're going to be like, okay, where do you want to film? Instead of, hey, I need you to bring a polo, a button-up, a t-shirt, mm-hmm. jeans, khakis, and gym shorts, a ball cap, and we're going to meet here. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. I want somebody who's literally going to be like, t-shirt, polo, jeans. And you just show up and do your thing. Dress suit, this location, yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah. I do. Right. I, I'm right there with you. I The thing is, is like... Oh man, like you, you can get there, right? But you got to probably keep it simple. Like I could probably just be like, just literally set up my own phone and film it and then send it to somebody in the Philippines for super cheap. And it might not be the best quality, but maybe because of consistency, I'll get enough traction to grow. And then I can, if I'm bringing in revenue, then I'm like, okay, now I can have more quality. Yeah. But yeah, it scales. 
Yeah. And it works. Yeah. But I would definitely, I would definitely look into it because yeah, content is, um, I mean, I would, the brand and the content is huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, well, here's a interesting proof source for you. Um, I haven't really shared this and I don't know, someone, someone's going to listen to this and think it's an ego thing, but I think it's a huge win and it startled me. Um, I shared, you're in the war room Facebook group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you see the email or the, the post? We're not going to name names, but the post earlier this week, uh, somebody asking for a bridge loan for $625,000. No, I did not. So someone was asking for a bridge loan for $625,000 because uh-huh. they have a, uh, property. I'm not even going to mention what kind of property because I'm just making sure uh-huh. this stays anonymous. Oh wait, um, this is the capital you, that you were trying to help this person raise, right? So same people, okay. but different okay. property. So I did see it then. Yeah. So basically what happened is they have a, not a family office, but like a big, uh, just a, a legit source of capital is going to fund the entire like 100% funding on the entire thing by mm-hmm. all of the investors including the actual like gp stake like everything so they like nobody like no capital invested just mm-hmm. which is great but that won't happen until i think i think it's like november 20th like i mean it's like you know three weeks from now yeah um might be the end of the month but i think it's like november 20th um, however the closing date cannot be extended past november 11th Oh. And so there's like a nine day, potentially three week, but like nine day window uh-huh. that they need to have the 625, which is the gap between what they have raised uh-huh. and this piece that they need to borrow. Um, and so they were looking for like the bridge loan, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> and they have a couple different options, but they posted and they were like, hey, does anybody have this? We'll give you three points, which is you do the math on that that's 18,750 bucks yeah for like a nine-day loan now granted you're staking 625 but yeah but you're staking it as an equity stake uh-huh. into an lp position you know so it's it's collateralized it's not like it's just a blank loan it's it's backed by an asset like a hard asset uh-huh. so it's whatever um and it's personally guaranteed by people who have the net worth to cover it um so it's, you know, anyway, <clears throat> all that being said, so the way the, the deal was, was like, hey, 3% of the 625 for a 30-day note, if it goes to 60 days for any complication or reason, then we'll give you an extra point. So then it'd be like 24, 25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, not a terrible deal. Um, and they were having some issues, whatever. I was like, you know, let me shoot this out to my little investor list, which is like 1,100 names or something, mm-hmm. accredited and non-accredited investors, whatever. I'll just email it out as just a private loan, whatever. Uh-huh. I have no idea if I'm going to get any bites. I've never sent anything out this size. Uh-huh. And it's not even me asking for the money. It's, hey, I've got a friend who needs a hand. Anybody interested? Right, right. Um, within an hour of sending that email, I had three responses. Of the three, one was a personal friend from Hawaii, who I had no idea had the money. Um one was a personal friend from, well, I guess he's not from Hawaii, but he's just somebody I've met a few times and knew from online and then met a few times who I definitely knew had the money, but just didn't even think to like text or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, didn't realize he was in the private money game at the time. Uh, the other was somebody I've never met before who isn't on my email list, 
because somebody on my email list had forwarded him the email and said, yo, I know you like to lend money. This is Dave. Dave's the man. Thought you might be interested in this. And he had responded. Wow. And I was like, holy crap. That's crazy. That's dude. cool. And then all three of them uh-huh. got on the phone with this guy and uh-huh. one of them lent him the money. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, holy crap. Like it blew my mind. I'm like, dude, I just like three people in the email list, not only knew, liked and trusted me and the brand enough to raise or to, to lend $625,000, uh, to me, uh-huh. but to a friend of mine off of like an email, like that's crazy. So I don't know. So I, all I say is if that doesn't speak to the power of like networking, networking <laughs> and content and building a brand, mm-hmm. all three of those people are people that I met through the brand. The person who sent the email, like forwarded the email to the uh-huh. other guy, I've met in person, I think once, maybe twice through the brand. The person who actually is doing the loan met through Instagram. And the person who's like the personal friend from Hawaii met through Instagram. That's crazy. So like, dude, I, I tell people all the time, dude, your network is your network. Yeah. It was crazy. So anyway, so I say all that to say as annoying as it is to remember to do those stupid TikToks, which <laughs> I forget to do all the time, uh, man, there's uh there's some power to it. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So, uh, all that being said, what do we miss? What do we need to well, I know you've got a big interview coming oh, up. So you small need fish. You got, I'm Ryan, a small fish. Ryan need, Pineda is nothing compared to Jake, Jake Ingledew. The Air Force <laughs> Ingledew. Man, do we... I'm, I'm going to just start telling people I'm not even in the military. It's, just, it's almost too embarrassing. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. I'm just what? kidding. But who else is going to guard, guard the gates and the check gates. your ID? Yeah. And take the little mirror and look under the car. <laughs> make sure you don't have a bomb. <sighs> and anybody Aren't that you? washes out from any, uh, <laughs> do you know who my husband is? Uh, no, ma'am. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Man. Well, Where, thanks for having me on, dude. Absolutely. Where can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can definitely the growth circle podcast. Yes, get, well, no, they can't get a hold of me that way. They can listen to me talk that way. Uh, but yeah, you can, they can check out the Growth Circle podcast on Spotify, wherever they get their podcasts. Um, and then they can contact me directly through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. J- Jake Ingle do. You'll find me. I'm the only one with that last name. So not it's really, not really. I N G L E D U E. Yep. Ingle do, Ingle don't. Yep. And I've heard a lot worse, so we'll just keep it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jake's a good dude. So uh, if you guys want to reach out, he might take care of you. If you have roaches in the southwest Missouri area, it's his fault. Uh, Call Terminex, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Worst marketing ever. If he shows up at your door, well, then his uh, sales guys aren't doing their job. Because he probably isn't door knocking anymore. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.